lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. They are Aaron McIntyre and Todd Erzin. And you are you at 888-900-3393. That's 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. That's how you can email the program, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Parlor at Steve Dace. And then our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. That's where we post free clips for you to watch every day, to sample for yourself, and then hopefully you wouldn't mind sharing those with others. We've got a jam-packed show here on a Tuesday for you. We have a couple of guests actually lined up. See, we have a short week this week. Because apparently our producer, Aaron McIntyre, has decided to get married. So we are taking a few days off. It's true. It is true. Yes. Uh, We are taking a few days off. So we are here today, tomorrow, and then we're not back again until next Tuesday because I just realized it's difficult to do a show when the guy who is the only one trained to run it is not here. Right? That makes it hard. You're being magnanimous, but uh, I'll go with it for now. I mean, well, I, I mean, I could sit here and come in. Todd and I could sit here and talk for a couple of hours. Just there wouldn't be anybody watching or listening because we have no idea how to make this thing run, right? So, oh yeah, you know that well. Yeah. yeah. So if if Aaron's gone, then we be gone. So we've got a lot to cram in here over the next couple of days. Uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour, uh, if indeed you're caught up in the next wave of <coughs> peaceful protests, right? This time we want to be prepared. So. In anticipation that uh, Keith Ellison, the attorney general up there in Minnesota, has carefully plotted to overcharge the officers in the death of George Floyd in order to generate an acquittal so that there will be more protests later this fall. This time we want to be prepared. What is what is proper protest etiquette? We're going to talk about that with somebody here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, some fake news are not coming your way. It is. Yeah, I didn't realize it either. Apparently, the Democratic convention started last night. I thought it was like later this week it was going to start, but no. It began last night. So we've got a primer. I I know we've kind of given up doing fake news or not on enemy media or what's going on in the hostile foreign country. But since they're all convening virtually, and I think the reason that I, I, I just didn't realize it was going on last night. I'm at the point now that all these Zoom calls just kind of look the same to me. So um, I, I had no idea this was going on, but apparently it was. So I had this whole primer lined up thinking you were going to get a preview. And then we are going to preview something that's already started. But hey, that's the Steve Dace Show. We are on the cutting edge of technological information here on this program. So there you go. I'm like Bob Euchre over here. You know, he's not the best color man in the game for nothing. Can you imagine a scenario not very long ago where someone is, hey, Dace, what's the polling? I don't know. Hey, Dace, what do you think about the convention? I don't know. Did it start? <laughs> I, I, I am broken. <laughs> I, I am broken. All right, so we're going to give you your delayed, although, you know what? Just give it two weeks, huh? 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 Uh, yeah. 
right, we're going to give you your de- your your delayed but still necessary preview of the Democratic convention with fake news or not, and a collection of clips to get you primed and ready for an event you're probably not going to watch any of. Uh, and then we are going to have an interesting, at least I hope, interesting conversation with the former communications director for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard, because you'll recall she is the one that ended, we thought anyway. Kamala Harris's political career in a presidential debate. And what's it like now to see that apparently failing that miserably lands you potentially a heartbeat away from the presidency? And since it's it would be Joe Biden's presidency, then you are essentially yeah. uh, the president of the United States in this case, right? Usually that's the only thing that happens in the Republican Party. You just fail up. Yep. There you go. So we'll get to all that here in a moment. But I want to mention this because I got a few emails on this yesterday. So let me talk about ScoreMaster right now so that everybody gets that information they're looking for. This is a, I'm getting a lot of queries about what they do. All right. So ScoreMaster helps you add points to your credit score and fast. And it comes down to, they, they've got um, an algorithm and a formula created by credit data scientists. And, and the goal here is to help you raise your credit score on, on average about 60 points in 20 days or less. Now, how do they do that? Well, you ever gotten your credit report handed to you before or gone in for the mortgage lender and had them read it to you and they're just going page by page by page and you're like, there's like a hundred entries on this page. You only asked me about one thing. I don't know what any of this means. I mean, it is, it's hieroglyphics trying to decipher this on your own. Um, And that's maybe on purpose so that the banks and the creditors have all the power. But in an age where it's even difficult nowadays to get a job you would want without a credit score, um, you're going to want to make sure you're in control of your credit report. And that's what ScoreMaster does. They put you in control. You can enroll in minutes, see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. You're going to be shocked at how fast you can do it. Just go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. And now here's Aaron with the rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by a psychedelic telethon, also known as night one of the Democratic National Convention. Yeah, whatever that is aired right after Michelle Obama's keynote speech where she said this. Going high is the only thing that works. And here at home, as George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and a never-ending list of innocent people of color continue to be murdered, stating the simple fact that a black life matters is still met with derision from the nation's highest office. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo led off the night by talking about his handling of coronavirus. And for all the pain and all the tears, our way worked. And it was beautiful. Side note, Andrew Cuomo released the title of his forthcoming book yesterday. It's called American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. Prior to last night's convention, Joe Biden was interviewed by Cardi B. You know what I'm saying? You're telling me? I got four kids, five grandkids. Come on. I'm an expert. Joe Biden actually has seven grandkids. While we're at it, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has an idea of how to save the U.S. Postal Service. Would you guys be down and excited if I set up a national progressive pen pal program? 
do all the work of connecting you to somebody else. We would offer maybe some conversation prompts or postcard prompts and even like a printable postcard format. You just send it out. Uh, Would you guys be down? Do you like that idea? Moving on, Donald Trump showed up in Mankato, Minnesota yesterday and talked about the economy. We built the greatest economy in the history of the world and now I have to do it again. You know what that is? That's right. That's God testing me. Said, you know, you did it once. And I said, did I do a great job, God? I'm the only one that could do it. He said, that you shouldn't say. Now we're going to have you do it again. I said, okay, I agree. You got me. Time to check in on some polls. A new Washington Post ABC News poll amongst Democrat voters asked whether they supported Joe Biden versus opposing Trump. Just 38% say they support Joe Biden compared to 59% saying they oppose Trump. Back in 2016, at this same time, the same poll asked a similar question. Then 49% said they supported Clinton and 47% in 2016 said they opposed Trump. Again, that's amongst Democratic voters. Coronavirus update, according to the CDC and compiled by researcher Ian Miller, on April 13th, New York and New Jersey had 26,606 hospitalizations because of the virus amongst a population of 28.4 million people combined. Today, Arizona, California, Georgia, Florida, and Texas have a combined 21,971 hospitalizations amongst a combined population of 108 million people. Checking in on Wuhan, China... For those of you listening, what we're watching is a massive cool pool party, which took place recently. Nobody's social distancing or wearing masks, so that's super cool. Checking back in on Minnesota, Black Lives Matter thugs showed up to the home of WCCO-TV anchor Liz Collin, brought a pinata effigy of her likeness, and destroyed it on her driveway. Colin is married to Bob Kroll, the head of the police union in Minneapolis. The satirical website The Babylon Bee had their Twitter account suspended yesterday. It was quickly reinstated, though, with a fraction of those who had previously followed them. Twitter says the suspension was an honest mistake, except on the same day, the satirical accounts Titania McGrath and Jarvis DuPont were also mysteriously suspended. All of the accounts I just mentioned, as you can probably imagine, relentlessly mock identity politics and leftism. And finally, the Daily Caller produced this gem. Today we're here in Meridian Square Park in D.C. asking people what they think of racist Donald Trump quotes. They're actually all Joe Biden quotes, but we want to see if they change their answer based on who said the quote. Unless we do something about this, my children are going to grow up in a jungle, the, the jungle being a racial jungle with tensions having built up so high that it's going to explode at some point. Poor kids are just as bright as white kids. He said Obama is the first mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean. It's so racist and ignorant in every way and it's like he's never interacted with a black person. I think that's a horrible assumption that all wealthier kids are white. Well, of course I think it's unacceptable. Yet he doesn't want to support it so I don't really know what he's suggesting by that tweet. What if I told you that these were all Joe Biden quotes? Would that change your point of view or your reaction? Joe Biden is problematic as hell but like (laughs) we all know that he's not had a great past whatever (laughs) like not a fan personally but i think the impact that he would have versus the impact that donald trump would have with four more years is joe biden's a better impact yeah well joe uh, yeah biden has made some certain gaffes you got me to me joe biden is still the better the better choice and that's what happened while we were away 
Aaron's Montage brought to you by Keeps. Yes, losing your hair is no fun, so why don't we talk about some options? You can go home uh, and go see a doctor for a hair loss treatment prescription. You'll get one probably, and then you'll go to the pharmacy and try not to go broke while you try not to go bald. Or you can try Keeps from the comfort of your own home, where you're going to get the same doctor-recommended FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but Keeps offers the generic versions for about half the cost. And one more, th- one more thing you're going to love about Keeps is the convenience. It's all online. You just answer a few questions, snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and then recommend the right hair loss treatment for you, and it's shipped right directly to your door. So, What's holding you back? How about if we sweeten the pot even more? You're already saving a ton with Keeps and the generic versions, but they're going to let you save even more. How about half off your first order? When you go to Keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S, half off your first order right now at Keeps.com slash grow. Let's get to what is in the montage. And I I can't ever get enough of those videos, whether it's the Daily Caller, this is kind of campus reform, kind of their shtick. Uh, Our uh, PragerU has started doing these kinds of videos as well, but uh, I I just can't get enough of it. I I know it will accomplish ultimately nothing. I I mean, you you see the reactions of those people in the video. It it doesn't matter. We're we're post-truth. It doesn't matter, okay? So it will accomplish nothing. But at least I get some satisfaction knowing I'm on the right side of the argument here. And at this point in time in my life, I'm taking those jollies and running with them. All right. So you take what you can get at this point. And I'm middle-aged and I've got three teenagers. So yeah, I drove in a car yesterday with, uh, with my sweetie heart who used to not want to go more than an hour without sitting on my lap. So yeah, yeah, I know. I know it's not changing anybody's minds. I know. I'm just going to take this. At this point, I'm just taking the satisfaction. You know what I'm talking about. I do. At this age, you just take the satisfaction where you can get it, right? I understand. And that's why I can't get enough of those videos. I know in the end, it is sound in theory, signifying nothing. But by golly, could you all, if, if, if it's just for an audience of one, me, by golly, could you all just keep cranking those out? Because they just... It's grist for the mill, man. It's it's chicken soup for this soul. I I just it's just confirmation I'm on the right side of the argument. And I know I'm gonna lose the argument anyway. I know, I know. You couldn't see Steve, but he had his big lighter out yes. and he was just yeah. back and forth. I, I, I know, I know there's a generational apocalypse a coming. I know, I know. But I I will go to my cell comforted by the knowledge, y'all so dumb for real. And, and there wasn't something I didn't know. There wasn't something I hadn't thought of, right? At that point, I, I will gladly, I'll, I'll take my whooping. I'll take it. Knowing that, I know that you know, and you know that I know that I was right. Like Leonidas at the end of 300, yes. just yeah. the arrows coming. Yep. Here I am. Bring it on. <laughs> as long as I get that, I'll go down swinging. I'm okay with it. So, I would like to spend the balance of our time doing something in a presidential election year, we would have normally done 7,000 times by now and you all might have been sick of, but we have not done yet, really, at least not since probably coronavirus or Super Tuesday. I want to break down a poll. And Aaron, I'm sorry, I hate. I know you hate it when I do this. I don't know, can you show that graphic of the ABC News? 
Washington Post yes. one more time? Yes. You knew I was going to ask this time, didn't you? So you were ready, weren't you? No, but uh, no. I'll get it up there because okay. right. that's just how I roll. All right. I, I've never, I will promise you, I'm, I don't even have to call anybody I know. I don't have to do any research. I've, I've worked enough in this industry and done enough research to know. There's never, ever been a number like that. There, there's never, ever, ever, ever. This late in the process now. Labor Day is upon thee. What are we, 77 days, 75 days or something like that till the election? There has never, ever been a poll that has shown what the ABC News Washington Post poll has out yesterday. And when you contrast it with 2016, I remember when people saw these numbers, and when we saw these numbers in 2016, those of us in the, in the data community, nerds, uh, those of us in, that, uh, in the data community were blown away to see that it was 50-50 basically between Hillary and Hillary Clinton's support this late in the process four years ago. Between those simply just driven by an anger against who the Republican nominee is, who had yet to hold any office, had yet to do anything, really, and before running was, was frankly a much beloved celebrity in America. We forget that. I mean, Donald Trump was as popular of a celebrity in America as we had. He was transcendent. He was apolitical, right? Mm-hmm. I mean... I mean, a lot of the, 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 the pop culture stars, the rap stars that you see, call him racist and trash him now, couldn't get enough of him, okay? I mean, so to see a guy who, prior to probably June of 2015, was as popular of a celebrity and a celebrity-obsessed culture as we have, without holding office, making one decision, really, that impacts you and I's lives, strictly off of how he had communicated himself, but also presented and, 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 and packaged by the media. And those two things often worked together for the worst, right? Mm-hmm. In the span of 14 months, from June of 2015 to August of 2016, he had gone from one of the most beloved celebrities in the country, somebody who was one of the most beloved reality TV stars in the country, to a guy that... Somebody with as defined a political brand and presence as Hillary Clinton, half of her support was galvanized against him. And, and four years ago, we were like, we'd never seen anything like this, ever. Four years later, look at these numbers now. We have somebody that has an even more defined political brand than Joe Biden. May not quite be as well-known because his last name isn't Clinton, but this guy was the sitting vice president for, whether we like it or not, a popular president for eight years. He got elected twice, right? And Barack Obama. And now look at these numbers. It's even more stark. You're almost looking at two to one. That essentially anger and rage is driving Joe Biden's candidacy. Now, I, I will tell you, historically, that can't win. It, it just, it cannot. You, you have to, in, the, in executive elections, people, and you've probably heard me say this before, 
In executive elections, people need to feel like most people. And when I say people, I don't mean everybody. We can't speak for everybody. But the majority of the people who are going to, the majority of people who vote need to feel as if they're voting for something. Because it's not the same as a legislative election where if I just want to send you a message in a midterm and I can, it's just basically a blanket referendum on where I think you're going right now in your job as a governor or a president. I got to look at you for these next four years. You're going to be all encompassing in my life. I won't be able to turn my television set on, grab my phone, turn anything on without being reminded of your presence for the next four years. Now, we had a situation four years ago that we also had never had before though for the first time ever since we started tracking this number and we started tracking this number right around the time frankly we started having televised debates about 1960 so about a half a century of of data on this for the first time ever the president or, or the candidate who had the highest favorables lost Hillary Clinton had higher favorables than Donald Trump, but don't forget this, though. Both of their favorables were negatives. I mean, way negative, not like like minus one, minus like minus 20 and minus 40. I mean, they were like everyone was like, we hate these people. We hate them. We hate them. And so I think you kind of when you have the numbers are that low for both sides, you kind of throw that outlier out if you know how to if you know how to analyze stats. Okay. When you have a situation where both candidates are not just underwater, but like substantially underwater and favorables, just chuck that out. That that doesn't apply to this, but it could somewhat explain this number. Because I'm telling you, historically, Joe Biden can't win if if that's if just like I said yesterday, if it's if it's plus 20 Americans want government to lend them a hand and get out of the way in an exit poll on November 3rd, there's no way Republicans are winning. They're getting wiped out. I'm telling you, historically, Joe Biden can't win. If on election day, the, the, the exit poll shows by 20 points, 21 points, his voters were more driven by anger against the other side. You can't sustain that for a long election. But are we looking at different circumstances here because we had a guy get elected with record high unfavorables to begin with? So, so that's my first question. Do we have to throw that metric out? If a guy's getting reelect getting elected in the first place with record high unfavorables, is it is it easier, simpler to just be totally motivated by a negative? Because here's the other problem. If that's the case too for Trump, the amount of persuadable voters is very low for him then. Meaning the amount of people who are who are not yet supporting him, but are willing to give it a shot is not a large amount of numbers. If we cuz if cuz that's that's the that's 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 the trade-off here. If we are going to say if we're going to say historic this is a different uh, first of all we're in historic circumstances of the country right now number 1, but then number 2, we had a guy get elected with record low favorables, record high unfavorables, depending on how you look at it. So already that number maybe doesn't mean as much as it used to, but then you throw in everything going on this year right now, an unprecedented media onslaught, 
I mean, we've had how many fake coup attempts in the last few years, right? And fake scams and marauding stories of rapists and this and that, okay? That it just may be possible this time that someone with dementia, open open mental incompetency, could get elected simply because there's this many people angry at the incumbent. And if that's the case then it may not matter if he goes there and forgets how many grandkids he has or his name in front of 100 million people in a debate. Because if we're going to say here that he could get elected by just the negativity, then you're also, in my view, the trade-off on the other side of that equation is you are greatly reducing, therefore, the amount of people who could be persuaded who the, the amount of voters who may be like, I don't really like the way he tweets. I don't really care for him personally half the time. Comments he just made, like, I, I told God no one could do this better than I could. I mean, we kind of chuckled at it. It's a joke, but a lot of people get offended at that stuff. Um, the, the amount of people are going to be like at the end, but, you know, Joe Biden's got dementia and the economy's doing good, so I'll overlook it. Ain't a lot of those voters. I'm not saying there's there's none, but but... There's not a there's not a lot of of persuadables, uh, not enough, I don't think, if we're going to agree that this driving impulse is enough to get somebody elected. Now, maybe you disagree with my math, but what do you guys think, Todd? Well, immediately I set this up right against the conversation we had yesterday. I think your analysis is sound in a va- vacuum on why the status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore on this. But then you talk about yesterday with Bob Vanderplatz, you said uh, this when people want government to do as much as they're asking government to do right now, that that should be a loser uh, for Republicans. But here Trump is in the optics. He's act, asking Congress uh, for yet another uh, bailout, and Pelosi and company are the ones in opposition to it. That just happened last week. So th- that also applies on that end. The status quo is the status quo until it isn't anymore. So, And we have other conversations we could have about other variables. It just it makes me wonder if we are simply in that position now where we have everything you did to be a very successful data analyst in the past in multiple elections is almost immaterial. I think it's, I think that's why I'm, I'm framing this as questions. In fact, just as you were talking, I started analyzing my own analysis. Actually, I could make the case, the, the, the opposite case that if it is that far driven by just a negative impulse, and if Joe Biden goes goes to one of these debates and and loses his mind, that that is like a, a bubble in a market. You know what I'm saying? Where a market is overinflated, and then there is a core, then something that you because you just thought the gravy train was going to continue, and then the the bubble pops, like the dot com bubble, the the housing bubble. Okay, um, that these this could also say that Joe Biden's value as a candidate is way overinflated way overinflated. His polling is way over the top of, of, of in terms of his actual strength as a candidate, Agreed. but it's largely driven by negativity towards the other guy. And if the guy goes there and forgets his damn name as Joe Biden and and starts, you know, calling out, uh, hey, Ma, remember those time we uh, scurried the critters, then that bubble you're going to watch pop in front of 100 million people. You could see that too, right? Yes. Okay. Aaron, what do you think? So when we're, when we're talking about anything in the year 2020, where you're we keep bringing up the, the phrase crazy voices and I'm always trying to determine are, are the crazy voices in my head speaking Latin, meaning is this from the devil 
Uh, are they <laughs> speaking scarecrow? Meaning, is this just the ramblings of a crazy person? And when I when I listen to the crazy voice in my head, crazy voices in my head regarding this data, because I agree, this is absolutely nutso. All I hear is just maniacal laughing, like. It could it uh, it could mean with the li- shoulder shrug. Yeah, it could mean it's literally, a Rorschach. It could mean anything you want it to mean. It could mean anything you yeah. want it to mean. And uh, my inclination, my my, but here's my gut instinct, and this is coming from maybe a less crazy time or less crazy voices time. My gut instinct is to maybe 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 put this out there as an outlier because on one side you've still got below uh underwater favorability and on the other side you've got dementia as well in 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 lieu of below uh below water uh favorability so i my gut when you first started talking about this was to perhaps dismiss it as an outlier however um I can also apply Todd's phrase, status quo is the status quo until it's not anymore. The status quo about elections is what you said earlier. You can't sustain a long election on emotion, negative emotion, at all, uh, 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 negative emotion um, being, being the primary force of that. You have to provide people a reason to vote for you at the end of the day. And this thing about the post office, it's, it's like I, I said the other day, maybe they, maybe they have some data over there. That energy energy for Joe Biden really isn't really isn't that. So high. it's going to contrive a, a different they, controversy, yes, scandal, crisis, yes. constantly to keep priming that negativity bump. Exactly. Well, look how we started with Michelle Obama. She did the "We Go High Again." It's clear they don't. They're driven by hate. Didn't she get fact checked by the AP of all people? I really. Yeah, I think I saw that this morning. That's funny. You know, it's bad if AP is got to feel this feels like obligated to fact check Michelle Obama. All right, more in a moment. So here's something you might not know about your dog's food. A lot of the pet food these days has nothing alive in it. That food's made to have a long shelf life, so the manufacturers, they have to sterilize it, essentially. Uh, Take out all the nutrients, everything that your dog needs um, the most from food other than taste. Same thing happens to the people food we eat. That's why we're taking so many supplements these days. That's where Rough Greens comes in. It is not a dog food. It's a powder uh, that you sprinkle on the food your dog already loves to make it better healthier. Rough Greens contains massive amounts of vitamins, minerals, digestive enzymes, probiotics, even omega oils and antioxidants, the kinds of stuff that supports healthy skin and coat and improves digestion, maybe even improve mobility and your pet's overall health. Best of all, if my dog Cap is any any indication, your dog's going to love the taste of this stuff. All right. So right now, uh, you can take the Rough Greens 14-Day Jumpstart Challenge today for your pet for just $14.95 and see if you see a difference in your dog in two weeks or less. If you want to see that difference, go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. That's Rough Greens. They spell it R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Again, that's roughgreens.com slash blaze. Well, it wasn't too long ago that a lot of us saw things in America we, we never really thought we were going to see. And, and there were plenty of, of peaceful protests in the aftermath of what happened to George Floyd, but there were plenty, unfortunately, that were not. We saw people dragged from their cars. We saw checkpoints like this is Iraq or some 
third world country with a banana republic. We, we just saw things we never thought we'd ever see in America. And since they know that it worked once, count on them to try it again. Uh, in a couple of months is the trial of the three poli- the police officers involved, or at least at the scene of the death of George Floyd. And I believe either the Attorney General of Minnesota, <clears throat> pardon me, is either incompetent, that's always possible, or he purposefully overcharged these officers, especially when you look at the body cam footage, to, to reach a threshold of, that the evidence would not get a conviction for. You have to believe that Keith Ellison saw the body cam footage before all of us did a week and a half ago, right? So I, I think he purposefully overcharged them. I mean, he's Antifa himself in the hopes that they would get acquitted rather than convicted of maybe what they should have been charged with instead in the hopes that they would be acquitted. And then therefore, right before the election, touch off another wave of these violent protests in order to help America come apart at the seams and impact the outcome of the election. I absolutely believe that's possible. What happens if I'm right? And we see another, a second wave of these uh, violent protests in the fall. Let's be prepared this time. Rick Green is here with us. He's putting together something called the Citizens Defense Course. And he joins us today on Blaze TV radio and podcast. Rick, good to have you on the show. How are you? Hey, Steve. Glad to be with you, man. And thanks for uh, being my voice of sanity throughout the COVID crackdowns. Every time I thought I was nuts for being the only one to think the way I was thinking, <laughs> I would watch you and go, oh, thank God there's somebody else that sees through this. Oh, well, thank you, man. Anyway. I, I appreciate it. I understand we have a mutual friend in Brad Stein. So, yeah. so tell Brad I said hello. Okay. I'll do it. God's comic. He's been through this defense training with us. Has yeah. he? Okay. Yes. So let's start with my setup, first of all. Do you think what I just described to my audience is really all that far-fetched of what could be heading our way sometime around mid to late October? No, 100%. Uh, in fact, I was thinking as you were saying that back to when the Minneapolis mayor let that precinct burn. At that moment, it sent that signal to the whole country you know, lawlessness. Uh, you can get away with this. And certainly in the blue cities, we're going to stand down and, and it's demoralized our police, not only defunded them, but demoralized the ones we didn't defund. And so not only the scenario you're talking about, but right now, I mean, every night we see more stories of people beaten in the streets, kids being shot. I mean, it's unbelievable. And not that we didn't have crime before 1.2 million violent crimes in America a year before this. But now it's just rampant and it's coming to the suburbs, it's coming to the neighborhoods uh, and people have to be prepared to defend themselves. And if your scenario plays out, frankly, I think it doesn't get better after the election, even if Trump wins. I think it could potentially be far worse. And sooner or later, I mean, there's only so many times you can burn a city down. One of my best friends was on our show yesterday and he just took a summer vacation with his wife and they love to go to Wisconsin this time of year. And they love Madison, Wisconsin, because it's a great town with a lot of great eatery things to do. And he was telling us he could not believe the shape that it was in. I mean, it it was a demilitarized zone and people were like, hey, you probably shouldn't be out here after dark. You know, and, and one of America's great you know, metropolitan college towns, he was describing the kinds of things. Uh, it was like it was, you know, frankly, I don't know, Chicago, uh, Compton yeah. is what he was describing to us on the show yesterday. And and so it, it, if you can only burn these cities so many times before, if you want to make a political message, you're eventually going to migrate out 
to where there's uh, fresh crops to consume, right? That's how locusts tend to behave. Once they're done consuming uh, over and over again, the the fields, they just move on to the next one. Well, sooner or later, they're going to go out to the suburbs and the rural areas where the people who own all the guns live, Rick. Okay? Yep. And so... What is the what 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 are the do's and don'ts here that you would recommend for our audience? You know, people have been asking us like crazy. Okay, if I end up even if not if they come to my house, but what if I just take a wrong turn and I end up in one of these mob situations? The guy right here, thirty minutes from my house, just you know, two weeks ago in Austin, that driving for Uber or Lyft, whichever one it was, and and drops his ride off, looking for the next you know pickup, and boom, he's in the middle of the mob. They're beating on his car. Guy points an AR in his in his window and. He uses his weapon to get out of there. And, um, you know, so it could happen to anybody at any time. But I think you're right. And, and we're already seeing that in some neighborhoods. They're, you know, banging on doors, uh, coming into the into the neighborhoods that we wouldn't have expected. And uh, so, look, people got to know, for, you know, first of all, you've got a constitutional right to defend yourself and your family. I mean, we cannot give into this idea that you just lay down and take a beating. Uh, your family, somebody could lose their life if that's your attitude. And I used to be one of the naive people, man. Eight years ago, I was one of those guys that thought it's not going to happen to me. Uh, you know, or if it does, I'm type A, I'll step up. I'd never been trained and found myself in a simulation situation where I froze and realized I need training. And so for eight years, we've been on a crusade to get as many citizens as possible physically and intellectually trained. I believe it's got to be the combination. you got to know your rights. you got to know what the background of the Second Amendment is so you can, with confidence, use the Second Amendment to defend your family. And then physically, you've got to have that training to be able to deal with the situation when it happens. And so we've combined that into what we call constitutional defense. I teach on the Constitution in the evenings, and then we have the best range instructors on the planet uh, teaching during the day. And you could have never touched a gun in your life, or you may have grown up around the ranch like I did and, and been around guns all your life, but just never had any training to really do it right. Um, and we just see phenomenal results. We've taken a thousand people through this. Uh, we've given away a million dollars in training this year for new people that are going to come. We're going to give away another million. We're giving this away for free. It's a thousand dollar training, and you can come for free. I, I, I don't know about you, Steve, but when I watched that McCloskey couple outside their St. Louis yeah. home waving their guns around, on one hand, I was like, yes, defending their property. On the other hand, finger on the trigger, muzzling everybody inside, including each other. And I was thinking, oh, man, if they had training, I think you would have less of, a, of an outrage against what they did because there would be a little bit of professionalism there and you wouldn't be putting people at risk. So we're just really passionate about getting people trained, whether it's mass shootings or it's this mob situation we're facing. Uh, you've got to take responsibility for this. The founder said, if you get robbed in your own home, it's your fault. That's what James Wilson, signer of the Declaration and the Constitution, Supreme Court Justice, he said, look, you've got the Castle Doctrine, and if you don't, if you aren't prepared to defend your family, it's your fault. You can't expect the police to be everywhere. And that was true a year ago. We always said, you know, when you need police in seconds, they're minutes away. It's not their fault. I'm a back-to-blue guy. You don't want a policeman on every corner or in every home. That's a police state. But now they're being told to stand down. So it may not be minutes away. They may not be coming at all. Right. I think you made a really good point there about the Missouri couple that you just cited. And what I hear you saying is, and and in their defense, this was an unprecedented moment probably in their lifetimes as Americans. And so you're reacting to a situation. But what I hear you saying is that won't be the, we can't use that as an excuse. We know that now the precedent has been set. That at least in, in some major urban areas and, and enclaves in America, they can convince local government to essentially defund or, or um, uh, you know, arrest the police. So, you know, lock them yeah. down so that they don't defend us. This time around now, we have to be better prepared is what I hear you saying. 
A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And and like I said, I mean, even before all of this, I would have said had the same message. Essentially, it's become more in the minds of most Americans because they see this playing out on the news and they realize, hey, this could happen to me. Um, and it and it can. And that's part of what they've got to realize. And, you know, we love to talk about our rights. We love to talk about we love the Constitution, but it's the responsibilities that come with those rights that we need to start focusing on. And people realizing that as a citizen, you've got to step up. The Constitution's not going to save you. You've got to start studying the Constitution yourself in order to restore the Constitution. And the same goes for the Second Amendment. Uh, it's not enough to just have it on paper. You've got to intellectually be prepared to understand what that means, mentally prepared when you go into these these situations. Um, and, you know, look, I, you know, Steve, I'll tell you, this is not like a boot camp kind of, you know, drill sergeant situation. It's a fun experience. It's a good fellowship type thing. It's people got coming together that love the country and love the Constitution. And they're not radicals. They're not crazies. They're just good old fashioned citizens, uh, law abiding citizens that want to protect their property and protect their families. And they're simply exercising their rights the way the founding fathers envisioned that we should do so. Give us one common mistake we make in these situations that anybody listening right now practically could learn a lesson from, Rick. The easiest, quickest thing is to avoid the situation in the first place. Don't be afraid to be socially unacceptable and literally exit from a situation, loudly, quietly, whatever it is. But you've got to be in what we call condition yellow all the time right now, watching and realizing where the danger is so that you can avoid it in the first place. We always say the best gunfight is the one that doesn't happen. We're not wanting people to go out and get in, in, in fights and in confrontations. So just being aware and avoiding that situation, being willing to use your voice and, and you know physical um, um, uh, you know symbols to people to stop and back up and get away and only presenting that weapon and using that weapon in a worst case scenario. Uh, but I think the first step is for people to mentally get over the hump and realize that you have a duty and responsibility to defend your family and that things can get really ugly really fast. It is not enough to just go buy a gun and carry it. It's not true that the only thing that will stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. It is a trained good guy with a gun that stops a bad guy with a gun. We've seen over and over again people that just carry the weapon, no training, and then they do something you know foolish or whatever, and it's easy to hindsight 2020. I, I get that, but I mean, it, 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 we've seen that it doesn't work without training. You've got to have that training. So I tell people, you know, find somebody local. You don't have to come to our training. I always say ours is the most fun, and we're the biggest and the best, and you get the constitutional training as well. But if you can't come with us in the fall, uh, then find somewhere locally where you can get that class and start to get some of that some of that training, especially that mental preparation, what I call intellectual ammunition. So tell our audience if they want to look more at what you guys do or maybe even take part in it. Uh, how can they do that? Yeah. Rick? Defense2020.com. We're doing this just for, for kind of this 2020 situation is where we're giving it away. And even if you can't come to a training, we got a lot of videos on there. You can just watch some of these three-minute videos that will give you the history on the Second Amendment, what the Founding Fathers actually intended there, how some of those things have changed. And then click on your state so that you can find out what the laws are in your state, whether you have a castle doctrine or stand your ground or whatever your particular situation may be. And just to know, in general, if you are in fear of your life or serious bodily injury or for some of your loved ones or anyone in that vicinity, that you have the right to defend yourself. Uh, but check it out on the website. Lots of free stuff on there. And if you can come do the physical training with us. You mentioned Brad Stein. He's actually coming back with us in November, so that might be the fun one. You ought to come with us, Steve. You'd have a great time, man. <laughs> and again, it's Defense 2020. Well, we're not playing Big Ten football this fall, so maybe suddenly my Saturdays are free. Uh, <laughs> Defense2020.com. That's the website, correct? Yes, sir. All right. Hey, Rick, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate you. God bless. All right. Take care. Hey, God bless you, man. Keep up the great work, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.
And, you know, as we were having that conversation with Rick, I went, I was thinking about what you said, Todd, at the top of the show, just to be sitting here almost through an entire presidential election year. I mean, yeah, we're almost to 75 days away, right? And we haven't done like a single forecast. We haven't broken down a single horse race poll. The only polling we've talked about, and it's only been in the last two days, have been about the environment. Nothing about like projecting the outcome or how to manufacture the outcome that you prefer based on the data. I mean, all the stuff that we've done on this show for years and I've gotten paid by other people to do, we haven't done any of it. None. And I go back to December, right at the end of the year, we were kind of plotting out what the theme for this year was going to be. Assume you're going to be lied to or assume you're being lied to. And I was, we were back in our break room and I looked at you guys. I said, I think it's possible given how much lying we have seen. They're just going to lie about the polls for the first time too. You know, so I don't know we can trust those. And we all looked at each other like, wow, that's, that's pretty deep. <laughs> it's heavy, man. Yeah. And I mean, we're so, we are so down the rabbit, further down the rabbit hole from even where we were, you know, at, during that conversation, just kind of projecting what we thought this year could entail. If you had, I'm going to devote more time on my show during the Democratic convention, then I am going to devote more time on my show to preparing yourself to defend yourself violently against civil unrest than I was going to spend breaking down and reacting and responding to the first night of, the, of a major party political convention. If you had that on your bingo card, first of all, why are you playing bingo? You need to be playing lotto. You've got like Biff's almanac, all right? You know the outcome of things before they occur. I, I just, that's how much we have all, if we're going to be, if we're not going to lie to ourselves, right? If we're going to be honest about what we've seen and experienced, that's how we've had to evolve, even on our own show. Yeah, this episode brought to you by, have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight? I, I've been transformed by this uh, as a non-gun uh, owner most of my life, pro-Second Amendment, but it was, uh, it, it was out there, it was other, I didn't grow up around guns, I've been utterly uh, transformed because of what he said, the mental preparation you need to have to deal with the reality, the conversations I've had with my daughter about going to her job, and her job is in, uh, in downtown Des Moines, the very first thing I told her is like, if you see anything weird, yeah. any you turn around, I don't care about the job at all, you turn around. That's really sound advice because all of us need to act like we are special agents somehow, you know, checking our, our, uh, our sixes mm -hmm. and making sure we don't get shanked. And there's just a video yesterday, you know, a, a guy flat out getting pulled out of his truck in Portland, Oregon and beaten to a pulp because he's white. I know. You know, it, it you have is it, it it's it's Cameron Hinnett, right? That's the poor yeah. the young boys. Yeah, that story. They go high, just Steve. A, they go high. Friggin' just the kind of tragedy that it just it's really hard not to just swallow the bile in your mouth, you know? Yeah. It's uh it, we're living through moments I think many of us thought we were never gonna see, but always feared we would. Fake news or not is next. 
at it with Hour 2, live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, podcast. Steve Dace here with Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. Let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email the program. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, Parlor at Steve Dace. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace is where you can go and get free samples of this show that you can then hopefully, if you like or if you really hate, that helps too. Uh, share those with other. We'll take we'll take the hate views, right? Those count just the same, don't they? Aaron, whether you love us or hate us. Yes. Yeah, the algorithms just count it as a view. So whether it's a love view or a hate view we'll just take all the views at youtube.com slash steve dace if you're a podcast listener we appreciate you too please don't feel left out but you can help us let us know that you're there with a five-star review and clicking that subscribe button plus those are things that help the algorithms help us to grow the show plus they please the uh, mucky mucks here at the blaze thank you to the thousands upon thousands of you that have done those two things for us already Let's get to it. Some fake news or not brought to you by Freedom Financial. You know, the anxiety and stress caused by debt is overwhelming. It makes you feel alone, like there's no way out, especially given what's going on in the country right now. I remember feeling that way coming out of college where they gave you a credit card uh, application almost every day on campus. And then you learn the hard way that that wasn't free money. Uh, But there is a way out. And you don't have to go through it alone. Uh, Freedom Debt Solutions, they are here to help. And there's no one-size-fits-all solution to getting out of debt, but Freedom Debt Solutions has helped more than, or has more than 400 debt experts to help you. They're standing by right now to fashion and craft the right solution to your situation. And since 2002, Freedom Debt Solutions has served over 750,000 clients, settled over 2.7 million accounts, over 10 billion with a B dollars in debt. So if you've got $10,000 or more in credit card debt, you're struggling to make monthly payments, there's hope. Stop the stress and anxiety your debt is causing. Find out now how you can uh, find a solution with a freedom debt solution expert and get your free personalized debt consultation today. Just go to freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Steve for that free consultation today at freedomdebtsolutions.com slash Steve. Well, we told you last year we've kind of given up on fake news or nodding or fact-checking what's going on in the hostile foreign country trying to invade what's left of America, known as left America, right? Yes. However, when the adversary convenes and holds its convention and then allows in cameras, it would be a crime against reconnaissance for us not to go ahead and take a peek, right? Yes. So we're going to make an exception this week. This is your Democrat Convention 2020 Fake News or Not edition primer for a convention that I guess I didn't realize when I put this together has already begun and is one-third of the way over. Nevertheless, you <laughs> you can't say, got to get it pretty early, all right? Slip one past the goalie here on the Steve Day Show. All right. Nevertheless, we're going to make sure you are ready to go for an event you are very unlikely to ever consume. And let's begin with this very first clip. And it is, it, it's, it's some pandering to the Bernie Bros from the head of the DNC. We've already approved the platform. The platform is a bold del- uh, document. It's both. 
uh, inspirational and aspirational. Uh, the input from Senator Sanders and others was invaluable to putting that together. Uh, the vice president and Senator Sanders convened a series of policy groups on critical issues. I- so that's Tom Perez saying, hey, Bernie, uh, this is the platform Bernie Sanders could love. Fake news or not, Todd? Not. That is probably the truest news we've ever had on the show. Again, this is like when Steve and I talk uh, about uh, Catholic versus Protestant theology and at, le- at least having enough respect to view things from what they believe about themselves. That. It doesn't inspire us. It's not aspirational to us, but to them it is. And if Sanders is involved, and again, remember, the people who— No, it's perspirational to us. there's a lot of things it is. Yeah. But the people that supported uh, Sanders the most are the ones who are keeping their promises about violence in the streets in multiple American cities. You you need to start—as your average American, you need to start taking— things like this from guys like tom perez with a smile on my face and you know go america there are they it's a different it's within the boundaries of this place called america but they don't want to have anything to do with the america of the founding it it is and they know that they are right here at the 11th hour it's almost here either you take that to the bank or you don't have a place within these boundaries anymore aaron what do you think i just had I just had uh, a little bit of a and brainwave here. You remember four years ago during the Democratic National Convention, you remember Hillary Clinton's acceptance speech? It was all Americana. Yeah. It was all Constitution. Founding documents. Founding documents. Waving constitutions in the in the stands, in the in the in the attendance arena there. Yeah. You know why I remember? Because you weren't here, Aaron, and I had to run the radio board and Steve walked out of the studio and left me there alone. That well, was I was in I was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, uh, and in, in a camper, in a camper, listening to you freak out on the fl- phone <laughs> as I was trying to walk you. I remember that too. Steve's gone. He left. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, so it was all Constitution, all founding documents. Remember four years ago at the Republican National Convention, the most conservative party platform of all time, but. During the actual convention, we heard a speech from somebody, I can't remember who, I'm really proud of you Republicans that you're not homophobic anymore. Uh, Trump said that. Oh, is Trump, did Trump acceptance speech. Did Trump said that? Yeah, when he talked about gay else. rights, there was applause in the arena. He goes, I'm really proud of you guys for applauding that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was Trump that said yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, we opened up with the Pledge of Allegiance. We had a prayer at the Democrat National Convention. Meanwhile, their platform, their platform is chock full chock full of socialist dreams what i'm getting at here is that the republican and democratic conventions and the things surrounding them like the party platforms are the inverse of one another you see that it's just the inverse of one another so to echo todd this is not fake news all right clip number two what happens what zany hijinks ensue when a (coughs) pastor is permitted to speak at the Democratic Convention. Watch. 
I was a stranger and you had the nerve to build a wall while at the same time you have in the harbor there in New York a Statue of Liberty saying, give me your tired, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Jesus will say, America, if you don't get your act together, you can, you may well go to hell. Why? Because in as much as you do it to the least of these, my sisters and brothers, you are also doing it unto me. We need to unmute the mic. So hell is for people who believe in borders, according to this pastor. Now, let me say this. I want to make sure there was a lot of outrage about this uh, in conservative media because we're desperately looking for something from this lame event to clickbait the counter from. Okay, but the the pickings are slim, guys. The pickings, the clickbait pickings are slim. All right, so we went to this guy. Okay. I, I think we, though, buried the lead here. Folks, we just had, and you witnessed it, a pastor at the Democrat convention confirm that hell exists. I'm taking my W, hmm. and I'm going home. I, that, that, I'm, taking the, I'm taking the win. I'm taking the W. Hell confirmed at the Democratic convention. That notwithstanding, Aaron... Your turn to go first. Fake news or not? See, I don't really know what I'm doing fake news or not about here. I mean, at this, uh, um, I'm I'm gonna say f- I'm gonna say fake news because I, I don't I don't really think that that's a that that's a that's a proper exegetical a pro- hermeneutical. Proper, I don't think that's conclusion. A, a pastor. Um, so I, I think the whole thing is fake. And I mean, I yeah, there was a lot of yelling and a lot of loud noises there. Um, but I just, I don't think that that's, I think that whole thing is, is fake. I, I mean, um, what, what are we supposed to say? This is the same. And I just got through saying this, this, this actually, uh, uh proves my point during, during the, I think it was the t- 2012 or 2008 democratic national convention, some part of their platform, the Democrats started booing God 2012. That was in 2012. 2012. Yeah. They started booing God. That's why we're making they wanted, progress. They want to, they want to now come back. And say that hell exists with a past. I just there's this is the Tower of Babel. What do you think? Yeah, this is fake news. Uh, if he believes what he said, he's never locked his doors before and allows yeah. anybody to walk into his home. If if he's uh, if he believes what he just said, he wherever he lives, whatever municipality, uh, he would be fine with the neighboring municipality to suddenly start sending him a tax bill because. You know, borders are irrelevant. Hey, this is asinine in the... Ex- really? It's <laughs> a tax bill. Yeah. You live everywhere. You do. Yes. You do. Who's your neighbor? Everyone. We're just going to do bad exegesis all the way through, right? Let's take this... Hey, we're all, so you're my neighbor? I'm, I'm giving yeah. you a lien. I'm giving you a tax lien. Right. And you get a tax lien, Howdy, you get neighbor. one. Exactly. Yeah, I love it. That's funny. Again, we know... It won't make any difference. Like I said last hour, we're just going to enjoy the we're satisfaction. We're, we're, we're amusing ourselves at this point. Yes, yes. We're like the two guys in the balcony in the Muppets. Yes. Okay, but we're like presiding over the Visigoths coming over the wall. And we're just sitting now cracking jokes. Oh, 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 wa- yes, watching our countrymen get slain, our our women raped, and our, our crops completely consumed and lit on fire, knowing that it's over. All right? But we're just going to get a couple last trolls 
and sardonic blasts in on the way out the door. Eric, right? start the clock on how quickly oh. the memes are up on Twitter with st- our, Statler, our, and our, Statler and Waldorf. And and yes. Our faces are on it. Yes, yeah. The Visigoths <laughs> are over the wall. We know it's over. We know well, it is over. We're just get a couple last blasts in. That's all we're gonna do at this point. That's all we have left, and we're gonna we are you're gonna clutch those from our cold dead fingers. It, it right? ain't over till the dude in the skirt sings. Hey, Waldorf. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about that's in about four clips. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is the audience thinks we're joking. Just wait. Just wait. It's a coming. All right. All right. Next clip. Neil for the anthem. Many of the videos and pictures you're about to see were recorded before COVID, which is why the kids are not social distancing. However, the audio was recorded over the past month. You may rise or kneel if you are able for your preference. So that's like official DNC procedural video uh, that includes kneeling for the anthem. Although, again, guys, we're making progress. So y'all thought that they were going to like make everybody kneel, right? You get the option. You can you can stand for the anthem if you want. You can stand for the anthem in your home while you watch virtually. One of the most pathetic things I've seen this year, and that is saying something. Did you see the videos of NHL hockey fans when the NHL came back last month, the first night, and they didn't have, and everybody stood for the anthem? And there were NHL fans kneeling for the anthem in their living rooms and posting the pictures on Twitter. I'm just going to say right now, every one of you that did that, you were not beat up enough in school. Now, I was the kind of kid that defended kids against bullies because I was raised by one. If they came at you, I'd kind of be like, I don't say anything. Because sometimes you just need a whooping. Sometimes you just need one, right? Sometimes a dude just needs his ass whooped. Sometimes. And you just look the other way, knowing that in 10, 20, 30 years, he won't be the douchebag doing stuff like that, okay? Because you allowed, at this moment in time, you allowed his ass to get whooped. And you're doing kind of a service to America, Basically, fire up the, the Lee Greenwood here, okay? I mean, I mean, you're doing it for your country. You're letting that ass get whooped, knowing that that's just going to be one less douchebag in the world 10 to 20, 30 years from now. It's kind of a service to your country, right? I'm with you. So at least they made progress that you didn't have to do it. You can, you can stand in your living room while you're not watching this because I don't know how many people did, but you are. They're giving you the option to opt in to the anthem. That is progress right now. So we've had the Democrats acknowledge that standing for the anthem, some of you may choose, and that's okay. And there's a hell. I know you guys want to lose your minds, but I'm frankly giddy that, you know, uh, we're actually moving in the right direction here. But beyond the kneeling, that that was that was a tr- a trigger warning for all the Karens out there who might be concerned that there wasn't enough social distancing. That's what that was. I, I thought you were going to latch on and, to that. And yes. from a guy who looked like off camera were like ten jihadists standing behind him. Did you see the look on that guy's face? There was like a swimming, swinging light bulb over there. It was, it was this like black ops or something like that. Can, do we have that video? Let's play it again. Can we play it again? Yeah, one second. Let's count blinks. I'm dead serious. Since you went there, let's play this video again. Let's see if there is any code 
in the blinkage. Many of the videos and pictures you're about to see were recorded before COVID. The dude is not actually blinking on social distancing. However, the audio was recorded over the past month. You may rise or kneel if you are able for your preference. Three. Three blinks. That's but, then, but then there was like a lazy blink at the end. All right. That, that could mean somebody save me. It could. It could. There was a bit of a lazy blink there. That not, not, here's, here's why it kind of looked like one of those hostage videos. Because he's clearly not reading into a teleprompter. Because you see at the end, he looks into the camera, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like holding up signs in the back. You know? That's like they do in North Korea where they can't afford teleprompters. They just hold up signs and just read them right off the cue cards. Right. Yes, mom, I am doing well. And mom, you should hate America too. Like I do, mom. Thank you. <laughs> Aaron, fake news or not? Um, I, I was not. I was torn whether he was uh, going to start like saying if uh, the prime minister does not have relations with a pig by 4 p.m. this <laughs> afternoon, we are blowing. Um, I was torn whether he was doing that or whether he was going to go right into uh, hear me and rejoice. You have had the privilege of being saved by the great Titan Thanos. <laughs> nice. You may think this is suffering. No, it is salvation. I was torn which direction that was going. So there was not enough. It's there a was, both and. Yeah, it's Aaron. a both and. It's a both and. That rejoice. Yes. That was very well done. All right. This next one, socialism now. Tell me what your fans most say to you when they communicate with you online. What, what are they most concerned about? Obviously, free, free uh, college education, free Medicare. And that's why this whole thing about government's bad has been such a a, a, a downer for the things that really matter to you and me. We're going to have, if I get elected president, Free college education for four years of college, flat out. Anybody with a family less than 125 grand, you're going to get a free education. Everybody gets free education for, for, for a, a community college. And the way we can pay for all of this is doing practical things, like making sure that no corporation making a profit should pay less than 15% tax on their profit. None. Zero. Everybody has to pay their fair share. You just watched a man with dementia asking a rap artist named Cardi B what her policy proposals and preferences would be if he were in the White House. Todd, your thoughts? Well, first of all, I did look up in between segments there uh that last guy he's your drive time uh radio sports host in every yeah. every place yeah. in america that's who that guy is nice uh this is fake news uh because that split screen did not allow for uh us to see uh biden sniffing her hair do you remember when bill clinton played the sax in arsenio hall Yes. And even if you didn't agree with him politically, you just knew, dude, this is, this is different. Mm-hmm. This, you know, like something, things are changing, right? Okay. Isn't she the one who just came out with the video where she's like half naked? Is I, that narrow it down? I don't, I, isn't that all of them? 
Isn't that I all mean, the this videos? is a recent thing I've seen on Twitter. Who was so. the rap star last year going off about their taxes and how come that they're getting... That was her. And, she's, and she's, so a year later, she's now demanding socialism. Occur. She's also the one who admitted before her career in music started that she yeah. was a call girl and she drugged her wealthy clients and then stole from them while they were drugged. This, and this was well. I mean, I you know what? I, I maybe let he I, who yeah. yeah. I mean, first of all, Bill Clinton is speaking at uh, you know Mr. Epstein Island is is speaking at the Democratic convention here this week. And so, if you're going to have somebody who um, uh, is at the very least in the proximity to that sort of behavior done to women, I guess it's only fair for the Democrats to go ahead and uh, have somebody who's done something similar to the men. I actually see that as gender equity. This, this is fake news because if it was honest, it should have looked like uh, the interview sh- should have looked no, like something. No, I think it should have looked exactly like it actually uh, looked. No, no, no. If that video I'm thinking of is accurate, it, it, Hugh Hefner's brothel would be a uh, a church, would, would be high mass compared to w- what that should really look like. Aaron, was that fake news or not? Um, I, 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 don't was, know, I don't know what it was. I was... I, I'm not sure if that's Cardi B that I look at or Freddy Krueger uh, based on what she's got on her fingernails there. Because Freddy Krueger is the one with the the, yes, the, yes. the scary yes. uh, the scary cutters. Um, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, yeah. four, better lock your doors. Five, six, get your crucifix. Seven, eight, get to stay up late. Nine, ten, never sleep again. Wow. I still remember that. Yeah. From our childhood. Do you remember who, was the, who starred in the very first Nightmare on Elm Street film? You no. won't know. Do you remember? It was way well, before you were born. Do you remember who was in it? You mean other than the guy who played yes, him? Yes, other than Joe Robert Biden? England. Yeah, I do not. Johnny Depp. No, really. Kidding. Johnny Depp. Do you remember who starred in the very first uh, Friday the Thirteenth movie? Jamie Lee Curtis. No, right? that's Halloween. That's Halloween. Sorry, Kevin no. Bacon. Did he really? Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's Halloween. You're correct. Uh, this is all fake news. Uh, that, yeah. that entire that entire clip is fake news. There, it, it in a different part of the clip they talk about how important free childcare is. Um, and, uh, and Cardi B actually remarks, cause she just had a kid not too long ago. She actually remarks, well, I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate. I thought she was going to say, because I can afford daycare. No, I'm a fortunate because my, my mom actually takes care of my kid for me. So that's, that's cool. So that entire thing is just fake. The, the candidate is fake. He's an empty husk for all of the crazy, deranged ideas. The person interviewing him is fake. Because just last year, she was talking about railing upon uh, all the taxes that are taking out, taken out of her, out of her paychecks and royalties. So, yeah, whole thing's fake. All right, next clip. Let's go to Uncle Joe once more. You know what I'm saying? I, I, You're telling I, me. I, I got four kids, five grandkids. Come on, I'm an expert. That's actually fake news because Joe Biden has seven grandkids. But let he who has not misplaced a grandkid or two cast the first stone. I'll wait. Can I go home now? Todd, fake news or not? Uh, not. Oh, it's, it's actually going to get worse. Not. It's going to get worse. It is not fake news. It is going to get. That's not fake news either. That's about to get worse. That's the tip of the iceberg of things that he will not have a grasp on that are important. I, I, I've got to push back on both of you here. Um, Please do. Was it not just two weeks ago that we learned that two plus two equals five? 
So of course, one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one plus one equals five. The beauty of being Joe Biden is you can just deny all of these things later on and say you never remember. And we're all going to probably have to agree. You don't. It's going to be a plausible deniability. You, you have built in plausible deniability on anything as a candidate if you're Joe Biden. You can just deny you ever remembered saying anything. And then we have one final clip. All, all who gazed upon the beast marveled at the beast and said, who is unto, who is like, who is like the beast? Marvel. Good night. I love the part when Max Headroom comes out. There's something happening here. But I agree. It ain't exactly clear what's happening here. This is that. This is real. Yeah. This is I faux shizzle. I thought yes. when I saw this, this was like the first thing that I saw this morning. I thought, oh, somebody's just having fun making making fun of it. Nope, this is real. But this no, was no. full screen. This puppy all the way through. I want everybody to see this. They concluded last night's festivities with this. Do we know who these people are? I don't. I don't know who any of these people are. Is that like the original guitars for? Because this is like Buffalo Springfield or something from the sixties, right? Is that? Is that like the original guitarist? Do we know? I don't know. Like, so who's the old dude just randomly playing guitar? Who's that? Just some burnout from the 60s, still playing the hits like it's Kent State, 71. That would have gotten four buzzers on America's Got Talent. Yeah. It wouldn't have made it. I'm not so sure about that. As somebody who's from a family that watches every episode... I'm not so sure about that. I, I want you to be right, but I'm not I'm not entirely sure about that. That show can get pretty wokey. Where where people if they if they have no talent, it's it's visible that they cannot do this. <laughs> they just cannot. But they have some politically correct bio or they belong to some politically correct demographic group automatically get selected and, and approved. I'm saying that's not fake news. Because the paradoxical harmony that exists in this universe, that, that I can feel the hand of God, that that is on television as part of an effort to get a person elected president of the United States on the same day that the Babylon Bee and Titania McGrath have to exit stage left from Twitter because... They're the farce. I mean, what, what you're dealing with God's here. God's in control, man. What you're dealing with here, we, we've never, the 60s have never left. We just keep re-racking it. Re, it just gets refitted, renovated, updated. 
right? So we take a protest song from that era, we throw a bass line into it with a black eye and make it all hip-hoppy and sound like it's new. That song is older See, than almost don't. everybody that's going to vote for Joe Biden in November. It just never ends. It just gets, it's all the same arguments. It's like there's never any progress. It's, there's like, it's like we never have, we never take, we, we, have, we never gain any ground on any of these societal issues because in the end, it's not actually about achieving the goals. It's about having the outrage, the outrage, the in, the perceived injustice. That is where I get my validation from. I don't want to win. It's the same thing you're going up against now with the virus. Don't show me that 98 point, literally 98.2% of ER visits in America right now are for anything other than COVID. How dare you take my outrage away? How dare you take my fear away? My identity is wrapped into this. And that's the same thing with this. Okay. Let's just go right back and have all the, do all the same things this generation has done for freaking decades. All the same complaints, nothing changes, and just to complete our self-parody, here's our nominee, friend of segregationists who not even eight years ago affably eulogized the former grand cyclops of the West Virginia KKK. While we call all you racists. I'm done. But in the the soundtrack of a movie is the thing that helps elevate the emotional heft. In the '60s, we had Hendrix and Janis Joplin. Now we get that. That's the soundtrack. They went on the show. Said, "Do we need to bring in the heady hitters?" I mean, even you know Bruce Springsteen. He's a little long in the tooth, but you're, no, that guy'll do. They're that far you know, gone. That's probably some major star, and we just don't even know. I'll bet you that that's like some major star. Is that some major star here? And I, I would just say, you know, uh, Obama, Michelle Obama said, take the high road. I think they misunderstood that and they're actually getting high with that performance. I think that that's probably a major star and we don't even know. <laughs> that's a major award. <laughs> nice play. All right. We'll come back and relive one of the infamous moments of the of the primary campaign. Next. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show. You know, Deborah learned the hard way about what the FBI has been warning about for the last couple of years called home title fraud. And here's how she found out. She went to the mailbox one day to get the mail and in it was an eviction notice with her name on it. And because cyber thieves have discovered that our home titles are kept online these days and that's the most important investment the most lucrative investment the vast majority of americans will ever have in their own lives is their own home so they go online they forge your name onto your deed stating you sold your home to them and then they refile as the new owner and sometimes you don't find out until it's too late that's what happened to deborah I, homeowners insurance doesn't protect you from this deborah learned that the hard way too but for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. They'll put a virtual barrier around your home's title so that the instant they detect 
any tampering whatsoever. They will mobilize to shut it down. And first things first, though, you want to go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Make sure you're not another Deborah. Make sure that your home's title has not already been tampered with, already been targeted, that you're not already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, you can use the promo code Steve for 30 free days of protection for your home. 30 free days of protection with the promo code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. And again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Take a, a look back at one of the more memorable moments of the 2020 primary, which, of course, a lot of people have thought about again, because the person who's about to get chalk lined here is now one heartbeat away or could be one heartbeat away from the presidency. And in Joe Biden's case, that's one synapse misfire away from the presidency. This is Tulsi Gabbard doing her rendition of Snoop Dogg's murder was the case that they gave me. Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but she put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way. Do you remember those days? I do, but it does feel like a lifetime ago. I I, got to admit when, when I got an email about doing this segment, my memories were like, because we were like obsessed with her for like weeks, right? Yeah. But it seems like this all has transpired in a simpler time, <laughs> right? All right. So Paul Alexander is here with us now. He, he was the media strategist for Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard's campaign. And he joins us now here today on the Steve Day Show. Paul, it is a pleasure to have you with us, brother. How are you? Hey, Steve. Thank you for having me. Very quickly, I just want to say uh, I really appreciate the research and reporting you've done on COVID these past few months. It has made a difference, and your voice has been very valuable. Oh, well, thank you, man. That's very, very kind. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, first of all, tell us how did you get uh, involved with Congresswoman Gabbard's campaign? So, as you've said, I was the campaign's media strategist. I come from a television background, so I was an executive producer for Ryan Seacrest Productions, and I was a head of programming development for Bobby Flay's production company of Food Network fame. So, my task at hiring for the campaign was to help develop a narrative around the candidate to produce content that would both raise her name, ID, and help drive fundraising efforts. As I gained the Congresswoman's trust, that role quickly evolved and I became heavily involved in all aspects of messaging, including debate prep and media appearances, editing speeches and writing scripts. Okay. So, and in these days, you know, I've done some of that stuff with campaigns that you just described myself. So these days, if you're doing that, you know, it used to be that they had the guys that were going to do the messaging and stuff. They kept you out of the room so that you had plausible deniability. Uh, and and you so you, you didn't know whether you were given a spin or this was real or not. Nowadays, though, because of how invasive everything is with social media, you need to be involved in crafting that actual message that you're going to either go out and sell yourself or, or, or uh, train other people to go and do. So you're involved in the inner sanctum. Take us back to that night, that Democrat debate. I mean... Was it literally 
you know what, man? Hey, uh, this chica is getting away with 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 too much here, and we got to call her out for it. Or was that just you know uh, spontaneous combustion in the moment? A little bit of both. So first and foremost, as you know, as someone who's worked on these campaigns, any good debate team will have opposition research Mm -hmm. on everyone in the race. So it wasn't as if Congresswoman Gabbard was dead set on making an example out of Senator Harris. It had nothing to do with, you know, it wasn't premeditated in that respect. And if you'll recall, I believe it was Jake Tapper, who was the moderator, who directly asked Congresswoman Gabbard to comment specifically on Kamala Harris. So it wasn't out of the blue. She didn't pivot off of some other subject and just launch an attack. The great irony behind all of this is that the only Democratic candidate in the race who was willing to publicly defend Joe Biden was Congresswoman Gabbard. She went on CBS News a few weeks prior to those debates and said that Kamala Harris had hatched a political ploy to smear Joe Biden, at best calling him a segregation apologist and at worst calling him an outright racist. So (laughs) it boggles my mind how, you know, the media has spun this as Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as being, you know, simpatico on their views when that could be nothing could be further from the truth. But when Jake Tapper gave her that opening to elaborate on those comments, she further exposed the hypocrisy of Kamala Harris. And going into that debate, I believe Senator Harris had peaked in the national polling at around 17 percent. And in just a few weeks following that exchange with Congresswoman Gabbard, her numbers had sunk to about 5% and they never recovered. So you draw your own conclusions. So you you let me know in in an email, you guys are aware of, of what shows like this are saying about your candidates and things of that nature. That's part of your job too, to you know get an idea of what is being fed into the zeitgeist that you're out there trying to, to message at the exact same time. And, and so, you know, the only thing on our show that we have memory hold uh, it's, is is for about 48 hours, I actually believed Kamala Harris, after what I saw her do to Joe Biden, might be the best candidate the Democrats had, Democrats had meaning that I, there was such a, a breathtaking level of, of shamelessness there that I thought she could actually go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump on that level because you have to get shameless if you're going to go toe-to-toe with Donald Trump. We learned this on the Cruz campaign, and our candidate did not like going shameless, which is why we couldn't do it. He wasn't cut out for that. Okay, And so the Democrat nominee is going to have to do some form of shamelessness to do combat with him one-on-one. And so I thought you saw a little bit of that killer instinct in her. And then you saw that when the stage was given to her now, where she had to now be the standard bearer, she could not form a credible campaign. She could not form a cohesive message. She was essentially laughed out of the primary two full months before a single vote in Iowa was cast. A lot of people still believe that moment with your candidate, Tulsi Gabbard, was kind of the the uh, the, the knife uh, moment there where that kind of essentially mortally wounded her and she never recovered. To, when you found out that a woman whose only claim to fame in a presidential election was calling the guy she's about to work for uh, essentially a racist a racist sympathizer was going to be the VP your initial reaction to that so I have a lot to say about this so bear with me I'll, I'll try to keep it brief normally a VP nomination is fairly inconsequential 
in terms of forecasting the policy an administration will take once they're elected into office. With Joe Biden at the top of the ticket, he will be the oldest president ever sworn into the office if he is elected. He will be 78 in January, which coincidentally is the average life expectancy in America. Rasmussen, which admittedly skews to the right by about five to seven points on average, just released a poll this week, I believe, that said 59% of all Americans, not just Republicans, 59% of all Americans do not believe Joe Biden would finish out his first term in the office. So at the bare minimum, we need to take seriously the possibility that the election of Joe Biden could result in the election of Kamala Harris. So what does that mean? My greatest concerns with Kamala Harris are actually not policy centric. It's much more fundamental than that. The same authoritarian instincts that the national media so frequently assign to President Trump, Kamala Harris not only has those, but she actually knows how Washington works. So not only does she know how Washington works, but she will have an extremely complicit national media who will shy away from scrutinizing her and thus allow all of her overreach to mostly fly under the radar. But I'll get a little more specific for you. With both Brett Kavanaugh and Jesse Smollett, Kamala Harris showed zero regard for due process. And the same can be said for Joe Biden and his accusers on sexual assault. Mm -hmm. Let's remember, she did not say that the accusers deserve to be heard or that the accusers deserved an investigation. She said, I believe them. So this is a person who will allow her political and personal biases to convict someone before any evidence is made available. So that's one. When the national media rightfully admonished President Trump for suggesting that Judge Muriel could not perform his job because of his Mexican heritage, where was that same outcry when Senator Harris did the exact same thing by suggesting Brian Bouchier could not be an impartial federal judge because of his Catholic faith? Discrimination is discrimination, Steve. We're either opposed to it or we're not. We don't get to cherry pick when we have those ethics. On the campaign trail, she said that she would promise to bypass Congress with executive action to infringe on the Second Amendment. And then once her campaign was on life support, she launched this bizarre attack on Elizabeth Warren, of all people, insisting that Senator Warren take her position that Twitter silenced the president of the United States and banned. Here for a second, Steve. Kamala Harris has no regard for due process freedom of speech, freedom of religion, or the separation of powers. Now you tell me why the freest nation on earth would ever allow someone with those views anywhere near the presidency. Hmm. I got to go here in just a minute, Paul. Do you know how you plan on voting in November yet? I will keep this brief. I voted for President Obama twice. I just campaigned for a fairly progressive Democratic congresswoman. I intend on voting for the re-election of my district's Democratic congressman, Mac Rose. Under no circumstances will I be voting for a Biden-Harris ticket this November. 
That doesn't mean I'm voting for Trump, but I will not be supporting this Democratic ticket under any circumstances. Paul Alexander. Hey, Paul, thanks for uh, connecting with us and agreeing to come on here today. Appreciate your perspective. And hey, now that we've made this connection, I'd love to continue doing this in the future. I love getting perspectives from other perspectives and exposing our audience to it so we don't live in our own echo chamber. We'd love to do this maybe as the election goes on. Okay. It'd be my pleasure. All right. Take care. Thank you, Steve. You bet. Hey, one last time, I just mentioned this earlier, but um, why have we as humans turned the supplement industry into a multi-billion dollar endeavor? Because a lot of the foods we're eating are dead. All the good live organisms we need, the prebiotics, probiotics, I don't think it's any coincidence. We have so many food allergies today, and those things are so good for the digestive system, which is the largest immune system in the body, the gut. Not a coincidence. That's why we got to put those things Back in our food, the same can be said for our pets as well. That's where Rough Greens VitaSmart comes in. It is not a new pet food. It's a premium dog food supplement. It's a powder that you just put on the food that your dog already loves. Mix it in, and apparently they're going to love it more because our dog, Cap, loves this stuff when it's added to his food, and it contains all the good stuff, the uh, the vitamins, enzymes, nutrients, omega oils, antioxidants, pre- and probiotics, etc. If you want to try it right now for two weeks and see if you don't see a difference in your dog in just two weeks, they're going to give you a 14-day supply for just $14.95 when you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze. R-U-F-F is how it's spelled for roughgreens.com slash blaze. Gentlemen, your thoughts on the conversation we just had with Paul Alexander, former strategist for the Tulsi Gabbard campaign. You know, I think there's a lot of candidates out there, Elizabeth Warren coming uh, to mind, who want that tyrannical tyrannical level of uh, power. The, the difference is with uh, Kamala is that I think she'll be whatever you need her to be in order to get that level of power. You mentioned Willie Brown early in the week. That's not a secret. Also, we found her way more charming during the campaign, before she torpedoed herself, mm-hmm. at times, a likability, uh, you know, just talking about American stuff like eating cheeseburgers and everybody settled down. I mean, she'll, I, she, you, yeah, Elizabeth Warren could tell a lot of whopping lies, but she's not good at it a lot of times. I think that's what Kamala is just willing to say, be, do anything. I think she's just purely transactional. I think you see it in the Stephen Colbert clip. He's like, dude, yeah. you, you called Joe Biden a racist. I mean, now you're his VP. How do you... And I mean, that's from Stephen Colbert, man, Democrat Party fluffer yeah. every night on CBS. Yeah. And and she's like, it was a debate. In other words, it's an act. Yeah. It's just purely all transactional. And um, it'll be fascinating if it becomes a Trump Kamala campaign, because if there's anybody who understands the language of transactionalism and is a maestro at it, it is certainly Donald J. Trump. But your thoughts, Aaron? Did you just say transactional in relation to Kamala Harris multiple times? Yes. Uh, Well, be careful with that because Rush Limbaugh got blown up for saying something similar yesterday morning. It was trending number one on Twitter basically for the whole day. Really? Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm being slightly (laughs) facetious. No, that was a, a fascinating conversation and it illustrates there is, I mean, we... It's human nature. We see the other side or we see our opposition as monolithic. It's not. We have to remember. uh, We have to remember that as well, because it'll help. It'll help those of us maybe on uh, from different political persuasions, what have you. It'll help us understand and be more nuanced in our approach to uh, not only confronting worldviews, but just the nitty gritty and nuts and bolts of politics as well. So uh, definitely a fascinating conversation. We'd love to have it again. Yeah, I think if we are afforded the luxury 
of doing some traditional election analysis. Uh, as it, and, and the country, I think you're, um, we're joking, obviously, about the, the gallows humor earlier, but I think you can clearly see sanity as winning right now, has the momentum. So if we're afforded the luxury of traditional election analysis, I'd love to have him back and just get some expert analysis from the other side of the street, right? We're going to stick around and do overtime for our Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, have a great rest of your day. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.